to Books with Cooks, a podcast for bookies and foodies. Hi, I'm Jess. And I'm Alex. And we're two cousins who are also best friends who love to read. Yeah. And I love to cook. And I cook to survive. We'll be reviewing, analyzing, sometimes overanalyzing, and discussing the books we're currently reading, as well as new and old recipes from our kitchen to yours. By the way, we're real people with real families. So you may hear cats, dogs, birds, babies, and husbands. So enjoy that bonus material. Now let's get booking and have a tasty chat. episode for some bloopers and bonus content. Hey, 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 listeners. If you're enjoying our podcast, please give us a five-star review on Apple, Spotify, or your preferred streaming service to help us reach more listeners and spread the word about our podcast. Before we get started, we want to include some trigger warnings. This book and the following discussion will include topics of abortion, suicide, and substance abuse. So please be aware of that before you proceed. Also, just be aware that there will be cursing and spoilers. So if that's something you're sensitive to, or if you haven't read the book, you may want to skip this episode and then come back to it in the future. However, if you don't plan on reading the book, listen to this episode and let us summarize it for you so that you can pretend that you did read it to impress your family members at Thanksgiving dinner this Thursday. Please be aware that some things mentioned in this episode are alleged, just our opinions and not necessarily a fact. Welcome back, everybody, to Books with Cooks. Hey, Jess. Hi, Alex. What's going on? What are you snacking on? I am having some pretzels. I had a gingerbread cookie, homemade, delicious. Mm. And I just finished up some coffee. I had some amaretto in it. Nice. What about you? I don't have any snacks today, but I do have a water. I finished up my coffee a little while ago. Mine had the chocolate Milano in it today and it was iced. We did want to give everybody a heads up if you're tuning in today. At the end of this month, we will be wrapping up our season one of Books with Cooks podcast and we'll be back with season two on January 9th, 2024, everyone. That's insane. The first book we'll be reviewing in the new year will be The Assassin's Blade by Sarah J. Moss or SJM. So we just wanted to give everybody a heads up about that. And we have some other exciting things as well that we want to make you aware of. Yeah. I mean, we do have some things uh, still in the works for this season. So don't think this is our last episode by any means. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it was very good sassy spatula. It was a very good first season. Okay, Uh, And, you know, it's only been, what, three months? Yeah. But it's been fun. It's been a fun ride. So let's tell you what we have in store for December. Uh, We will be doing our holiday reading. 
You know, we will come on. <laughs> we definitely have a little holiday list that we're going to be talking about. But the set in stone ones are going to be episodes on Tis the Season for Revenge by Morgan Elizabeth. And that'll be airing on December 12th. And then our book of the month for December will be Wreck the Halls <laughs> by Tessa Bailey. She's a big author that everybody seems to love. So we're going to dive into her a little bit. And that'll be on December 27th, which will be two days after Christmas. So we will be there for you in December. I'll be there for you. Uh, and then what else, Alex? We have a little bit more going on. Yeah. Too so we, we have our holiday hopefuls that we're going to list for you guys now. So these are the books we're hoping to read in December. We will have an episode where we do review them all, but we will announce that date at a later time. So for now, we'll just give you the actual books in case you're interested in reading along. And we're going to start out with the Christmas Orphans Club. And Yay. then I know Jess already read that one. So I'm really looking forward to it because she said it was really good. By Becca Freeman. I certainly approve. And going forward, then the second book will be by Josie Silver, A Winter in New York. Then the third one is The Twelve Dates of Christmas, which I'm really excited about because there's a movie and I love it. And that <laughs> is by Jenny Bayless. Then just by the name alone, Good Elf Gone Wrong. And that's by Alina Jacobs. And that is on KU for you KU subscribers out there. Yeah. Next after that, we'll have Love Light Farms, which I'm very excited about by BK Borison. Yeah, I'm excited too by the title alone. Yeah. The next one is called Sweethearts and Snowflakes by Amelia Westerly. That is also on KU. And it is a uh, winter retelling of the first Christmas at Pemberley for any of you out there, Jane Austen fans who love Pride and Prejudice. It's going to be like a holiday version. So I'm excited for that. Yeah, it should be interesting. Next up, we'll have The Gift by Frida McFadden. That is also on KU. And I heard it's only like 50 pages. So yeah. <laughs> if you don't have time, you got time for that one. Yeah. The next one is by Christina Lauren in a holidays. That just sounds cute. Yeah, that is. It does sound cute. All these sound cute. I know. <laughs> then we'll have Snowed In by Catherine Walsh. Uh, that one's also on KU. Then we have The Grump Who Stole Christmas by S. Doyle, also on KU. Then we'll have Kindle Unlimited, by the way, if you're not sure. Sorry. Yeah. Then we'll have The Christmas Lodge by Fiona Baker, which is also on KU. How to Ruin the Holidays by Becky Monson, not Becky Monsoon, <laughs> on KU as well. Yes. And then we have All's Fair in Love and Christmas by Sarah Monzon, not to be confused with Monsan, Monzon. Oh, or Monsoon. Right. <laughs> then we have A Kilt for Christmas. Yes, A Kilt. K-I-L-T. Yes, it does take place in Scotland, and that's why we chose it, uh, by Trisha O'Malley, and that is on KU. And then finally, we'll have Holiday Romance, also by Catherine Walsh, and that is also on KU. Yes. We might not read all these. We might end up DNFing one or something. So that's why we have a little bit extra more than our original 10. Also, because at one point we had like 30 <laughs> and we were like, this is impossible. So, you know, just in case we might uh, we might actually just bring it up and be like, hey, this one we didn't read because so. But yeah, but we're going to uh, these are our hopefuls. That's why they're hopefuls and not set in stoners. <laughs> yep. And uh, we can't wait to read them and share what we learned from them with yeah. you guys. Some of them are pretty short also, so they should be pretty quick reads, even if you choose to just read a few of them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but even though we'll be on a break. We were on a break! 
on our podcast, we will be active on TikTok. So Jess, you want to tell them about some of the things we're planning for TikTok? We will have the 14 days of Christmas. That's what we're calling it. It'll be a two week lead up to uh, Christmas where we'll release a brief book review of each book on TikTok. We will sum them up for you here on our podcast, but we will also have little interim ones on TikTok for you guys. Yep. And we'll also be doing some TikTok lives with live book discussions. We'll be doing four books at a, at a time and we'll release the titles and dates on TikTok. So if you're not already following us, go on to TikTok, follow us and stay tuned for those dates and come and join us and have some fun with our book discussions. If you've been following along with us in this uh, past season, you know that we love movies also. So for those of you out there who can't do Christmas reading, but know you love a Christmas movie, we will be doing a, a, a few lives with that where we vote on our favorite Christmas movies, the one that you want to watch with us. And we will be featuring that movie live on TikTok. So stay tuned to that and come join us. Watch a holiday movie with us and drink some hot cacao. Yeah. It'll, it should be a lot of fun. And then get ready for our season two. You'll be all set by the time January comes. Yeah. All right. Well, now let's get into the reason why you're all here uh. <laughs> and we'll start talking some Britney. It's Britney, bitch. All right. So let's talk Britney conspiracies. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. Jess, give us a rundown of the most popular conspiracies currently circulating around the Internet about our girl, Britney Spears. OK, this will not be limited to the amount that's really out there. There are so many that I would be here talking to you for days. So I'm just going to pull out some that you might not have heard of before. Maybe you have and just give you some idea of what's happening behind the scene. I am a hardcore Britney fan. OK, so although I do respect all of you out there who are like, give her her privacy, let her have her moment. You know, um, if she doesn't want to tell you her business, she doesn't have to. Yes, I agree. However, I don't want to just say, oh, I'm so happy for her when I can't feel happy for her because I feel like it's not really her. All right. What do I mean by that? Mm -hmm. Let's go there. OK, I feel all like right, so I'm in a class like you're the teacher and you're giving <laughs> us like the lowdown. <laughs> Silence. All right. No. All right. Well, here we go. Uh, first things first, you may have heard this one. This one's the more common one out there, even for people who don't believe in conspiracy theories or don't think that she's free now or think she's free rather. Uh, you know, obviously we got that run. We got the truth part of it where she was in trial and she was trying to break out of a conservatorship that's been constricting her for so long, like 13 years or maybe even longer. And she did say some things in the trial. However, people choose to believe that she's free after that or not. So that in itself is a conspiracy theory. I'm going to talk about AI. You've been out there. You've heard. Maybe you haven't. If not, you could look them up easily on TikTok, Google, wherever you want. But you'll hear people singing songs and it's not really them. It's AI. So they take somebody, an artist's voice and place it on someone else's song. And this is everywhere. You'll hear Drake singing Ariana Grande. OK, it's just because it's AI. So the conspiracy theory goes that... This isn't really her singing uh, that when you hear her songs like this new one uh, by Elton John, where Elton John actually came out and said, I might have collaborated with her, but I didn't actually come face to face with her, speak with her once. Nothing like that. Not to mention that he's promoting the song. Where is she? She's not. And then there'll be people. Oh, respect her privacy. She doesn't want to promote if she doesn't have to. OK, fine. But that's there. Right. Mm -hmm. And the AI thing about her song, they could literally just make her take her voice and put it on any song like an old song 
like Elton John, just saying that's the conspiracy theory. Yeah. Uh, as far as this other new song that came out, the one with Will I Am, it sounds suspiciously like when she collaborated with Will I Am back in the day. It has that old sound. It doesn't sound like her at all. I don't even think it's AI. I think it's actually that backup singer that they use called Maya. Her name is Maya Marie. Because in a uh, interview with Maya Marie or some video that she released, she said, "Oh, I remember that song, Mind Your Business," uh, and Britney never really sang on it. I did the vocal. Mm, listen to it. Tell me if it really sounds like her, because I don't think so. And they could have easily just interjected her AI version singing. That is another conspiracy theory. All right. So take that what you will. Let's talk about AI video. There'll be videos of her dancing. They're trying to push this narrative that she's crazy. Now that she's out of the conservatorship, she's crazy. Dancing with knives, doing all this crazy shit. Bro, I don't think it's her at all. Okay. And I'm not alone. There's a lot of people that think that it's not her. A lot of other people turn the other way and they want to believe it's her. That's fine. I don't think it's her. And I could tell you why. There's so much proof that it's not her. Where she'll be dancing and then all of a sudden, flowers that were behind her, gone. Green screens pop up in the background. Not her. Not the background. That's okay. You can you could say, oh, well, that's the background might not be real. You know, maybe she's dancing in front of a fake one. Okay. But then how do you explain when the hands go in front of her face and then it's somebody else's eyes? Because it's a filter, an AI filter that they're using. You could look into these things for yourself. You don't have to believe me. Uh, but this is things that I've noticed that are conspiracy theories. And a lot of people are very upset about this because they feel like she's not really free. And which leads me to where is the girl? Have we seen her she's not allowed out obviously how are you free if you're not just you know out and about roaming and even driving your car where are you all right oh respect her privacy she wants to be alone okay but where is she is she alive let's know fans were so upset that they actually sent police to her house to try and make sure that she was okay but the police have been in on yeah, the police have been in on the cons- uh the conservatorship the whole time do we really think that they're going to be honest now they're paid off there's a lot of conspiracy theory around that also We just want to make sure she's okay. Come and talk to us in your own voice. Let us know you're okay. She was very, very, very vocal. And now all of a sudden she's silent. It's it's shady. Okay. There's the yellow bathing suit thing. Okay. Do you know about this? I don't know about this. Apparently there's a Britney impersonator. And she came out and said that she was reached out to by Britney's team to take photos on a horse in a yellow bathing suit. And she didn't feel comfortable doing it. She was like, I don't understand. Why am I doing this? They were like, oh, well, there's an ad or a campaign or something where Britney's going to be featured on a horse in a yellow bathing suit and we want you to do it. She said no. She turned it down. Lo and behold, everyone was like, oh, she's lying. She wants to do it for attention. A month later, Britney on a horse in a yellow bathing suit populates. Is it really her? Is it not? I mean, that's a little shady that they asked her impersonator to do it. Did they get somebody else who actually accepted the money? I don't know. So there's that. That's interesting. Why are we using somebody else's body? Why are we using fake Britney's if we don't, you know what I mean? If she's fine. So either the conspiracy theory on that one is she could be just living her life and she doesn't want any part of this anymore. And they're just pretending so they can continue to cash in on her for narrative purposes, maybe. But the other conspiracy theory is that she's just not safe. Uh, They are projecting that she's not well with all these knife dancing videos and all this crazy stuff trying to make her appear like she's crazy. But they did this already. And it's mentioned in the book that she's on lithium when she she didn't have to be. So I just feel like they're spending another narrative to try and make other people sound better. I don't know. There's, There's a lot of conspiracy theories going on around that. You could look them up for yourselves. But some other main ones that I want to mention. First and most importantly, Brittany had said she wanted to come out with a tell all book that she had her own notes 
and she wanted to share that with the world. I don't think we got that here. Uh, and there's a fact behind this, um, but I got this from a lot of places, a lot of research too. But there is somebody on TikTok who I recommend. His name is Zach the Snack. He's very passionate. He loves Britney and he will go to the edges, edges of the earth to prove these things. They actually threatened him. They threatened his family. He had to take down a lot of his videos. So I know that he was definitely barking up the right tree. Otherwise, why would they do that? Um, but one main thing he came out of, because everybody wanted to hear his opinion on the book, is he said, listen, Britney's not benefiting from this book. He showed us details. He says, not only is she not benefiting, but I can prove it because the LLC that's behind the conservatorship is the one that's distributing this book. Why would that be if she's free? Why would they still have their their hands in her money jar? You know what I'm saying? That makes no sense. All right. Sorry, a lot of passion here. No, I'm trying to be good. Trying to be good. Learning. <laughs> okay, let's talk about that disaster of a wedding that they they brought up. Uh, I talked about the crazy narrative. I think they're still going with that. But they show her a wedding. They show her pictures with, oh, Madonna and my girl, Selena Gomez. I do love you, Selena. But if I find out some things, I'm sorry. Uh, but Selena Gomez was there. Madonna was there. Drew Barrymore was there. There's a photo out there. And Madonna is wearing an outfit that she wore somewhere else. Madonna is Madonna. Bitch would never wear <laughs> an outfit twice. Yeah. That alone tells me that that is a bullshit picture. And it also looks like it would just, you know, Photoshop it. So I think she's just Photoshopped in there. Secondly, when all of these women, like I mentioned, Madonna, Selena Gomez, Paris Hilton, they all went on talk shows. They were asked about Britney's wedding. They all had inconsistencies. Every single one of them said, oh, what? they had finger foods only. Oh, they had sandwiches. Oh, they had a sit down dinner. Which is it? If you were all really there, then why are you making up shit? It just mm. didn't make sense. Something's not adding up. If the math isn't mathing, there's a reason. Uh, and let's just talk about Sam, dude. She's not allowed to date. Everybody's picked and chosen for her. She's not allowed to talk to certain people, but somehow she was able to talk to Sam and he's legit. Nah, doesn't sit right with me. I don't think mm -hmm. Sam, I think he was an implant by her dad. I don't think they were ever really married. I think he was more of a handler. If you mm -hmm. really want to go there. And if you don't know what I mean by that, that's another conspiracy theory rabbit hole for you to dive into later. I'm not going there because I don't have time. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I don't like Sam. I don't trust him. There's also something about him uh, where I won't get into too much detail, but he has sisters and he has a new sister that wasn't in his life before. And the conspiracy theory behind that is that that's his they're pretending it's his sister because she's always around. But that's really his girlfriend all life. Go there. Don't go there. That's just a theory I'm, I'm passing on. Well, aren't they getting a divorce now? Well, that's part of the narrative, right? So one thing I, I'm not sure if it's really dove in, uh, dived into in the book, but one of the conspiracy theories is because while she was under the conservatorship, they put some contraceptive in her uh, to make sure that she doesn't have a baby. They wouldn't allow her. All she wanted was to have a baby. They wouldn't allow it. So then all of a sudden now her and Sam had a miscarriage and that's her business. I don't want to speculate whether that's real or not real. All I will say is that some details came out, some blind items or whatever that basically they were going to fabricate that so it would cause hardship and that's why the marriage would end. I don't know if that's true or not. Again, just mm -hmm. conspiracy theory. I'm just throwing out there what I know or don't know or have heard. Um, So whatever the case may be, either way, horrible to, to have control over someone else's body like that. That's not a conspiracy theory, that part. I do remember her saying that they forced her to take the pill for, contraceptive, for contraception and that she didn't want to take it and she wanted to have a baby and they wouldn't allow her and they forced her to take it. Eh, it right. might have also actually made her get an IUD. I can't remember, but I, I think that that's what it was part of it, too. Either way, they forced something um, into her body that was against her will. And yeah. it's just so 
unethical. But bottom line is, you know, I knew I went into this book to hate read it because I had a feeling <laughs> that it wasn't going to really be a memoir that we were receiving. And I feel like that we did get a book of fiction, well-written fiction, uh, not necessarily a memoir, more of like maybe a memna. Uh, <laughs> but whatever, take that information with you, you know, do with it what you will. We'll talk about it. I just have some some uh, some suspicions and I wanted to go over all these conspiracy theories with you first. Again, this is not limited to all the ones that are out there. There's plenty of documented footage, people going in and overanalyzing all of this and actually trying to prove it, you know, and the whole reason is, again, not to violate her privacy or anything like that. You know, she could do her. Obviously, I'd be so happy for her to be free, um, but I just genuinely just don't feel that way. I feel like she might not be free and there, why would all these things be going on? Obviously, it's because fans really do care about her and we want answers. So uh, do this. Does this book give us answers? We'll talk about it and we'll see. <laughs> all right. Now that I've come up from some air uh, <laughs> and relaxed a moment and we've talked about those Britney conspiracy theories that are lurking out there. Let's talk about some positive things. So Britney's had an amazing musical career. She has so many songs that are commercialized out there. I mean, the list goes on for days. She has so many hits, but there's also so many albums that she's come out with and so many songs that are maybe lesser known that are just really great. Like when we were trying to compile this top 10 list for you guys of what we think are the best, I was literally sending thousands of songs to Alex and I was like, make this playlist. And she's like, but there's 50 songs, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, so she really has had a strong, amazing music career. She has some, um, she had some of the best writers. She wrote a couple of great songs herself. So what we're going to attempt to do isn't tell you what her best number one hits are, or the ones that you maybe know, but we're going to give you our favorites. So here's a top 10 that we've compiled, and then we'll give you some honorable mentions because this is not limited at all. Mm -hmm. So let's start all with number right. 10. All right. So at number 10, we have Can't Make You Love Me. And I believe that is from her Oops, I Did It Again album. Yep. So that's an old school one. Yeah, it's a good one. And the, the Oops album is iconic. There's a lot of good songs on there. There's also uh, Don't Go Knocking On My Door. Don't go knocking on my door. Don't go knock my door. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and of course, Stronger, which didn't make this exact list, but it's exactly how we hope she'll proceed from here, that she'll just be stronger than yesterday. And that's an iconic, an iconic song, too. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. So for our top 10, going back to it, number nine, Toy Soldier. <laughs> All right. And this is from her iconic Blackout album, which if I could have, I would have just said number nine is her Blackout album. album. <laughs> totally. Because that song, that whole album, it's impossible not to dance to. But Toy Soldier is awesome. It's so much fun. Uh, and the lyrics are really great. Yeah, it's good. I like I'm it. <laughs> it's good. It is. It's very good. There's a part in it, too, where it's funny. She's like, he talks like he's from New York. Yeah, like those city boys from New York. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> she doesn't. All right, number eight, we have Bombastic Love. Bombastic love, so fantastic, where I'm 
it's a bombastic love so fantastic and i'm completely yours and you are mine and it's gonna be exactly like in a movie when we fall in love all right song is awesome it gets stuck in your head that is from the britney album which is also an amazing album and it's just great i freaking can't even think of the word bombastic without singing that so (laughs) it's iconic yeah all right and that brings us to uh criminal this is from the femme fatale album and it goes pretty good also jamie spears her dad is a criminal just saying yes <laughs> he is that's just Except how i feel about she is him. not in love with him obviously <laughs> Ew. all right it's creepy, it's creepy. sorry sorry all right well i because i was gonna say yeah she wrote that song about him but then i was like no that would be weird and creepy <laughs> <laughs> like that. you and i are gonna be the greatest musical manager team since jessica Simpson and her father only we get to and they can't because it's illegal i looked it up all right so then at number six we have shadow it's i don't remember which album this is from this is from in the in the zone album in the zone okay all right and this song is great okay it's it's only your shadow we'll play it for you and it'll actually do it justice but it's a good one It it's is a good pretty one because good. some some can argue that she's been in the shadows of her own life. Hmm. That's deep. Mm-hmm. Five is a personal favorite for me. Lonely. I love this song. This is from the Britney album. First of all, it's got that, you know, early 2000s sass. You say, yeah, just for May. You know, it's got the May in there. <laughs> Not this time. But this also got me through a bad breakup. So this song is special to me. And every time I hear it, I get angry again. (laughs) (laughs) But in a good way. Uh, The lyrics are great. So Yeah. All right. Well, at number four, we have Peace of Me. This is from the Blackout album. Yes. Good girl. And I think that this song, honestly, is a perfect summary of Britney's experiences in the music industry and in the limelight. And I actually find this song super sad, even though it's, it doesn't sound sad. I think if you read the lyrics, it's a really depressing and sad song. It's basically about everybody just wanting a piece of her. They're always talking about how her body changes and just it. Listen to this song and tell me it doesn't represent Britney. Exactly. To her core. core, I agree. And it's also really catchy and a great song. It is a great song. All right. Number three is a personal favorite of mine. It's called Perfume. It's lesser known. It's on the Britney Jean album. So a little more recent. It's so good. It's just you and me. 
so good. It's just a really great song. And I love it so much, too, because you could hear her real voice come through. We'll talk a little more about her voice later. But yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, (laughs) it's good. (laughs) (laughs) All right. At number two, we have Every Time. And she wrote this song. Which album is this on? Is this in the zone? zone? Okay. Excuse me, sir. You have to check in. Not now, chief. In the fucking zone. Yeah, this is a really beautiful and really sad song. sounds like maybe it had been written about a potential abortion which we Perhaps. discover in the book had happened in to her in real life so exactly after reading the book maybe a little bit more impact from this song yep all the tiktok uh investigators out there uh made all their videos about how it sounds and i never put that together before but how the the beat sounds like a lullaby <laughs> and in the video in the music video is there's a baby so maybe all right and that brings me to my personal number one I just this song I can't get enough of it. It's called Inside Out. This is also from her Femme Fatale album. So come on, won't you give me something to remember? Baby, shut your mouth and turn me inside out. Even though we couldn't last forever, baby. You know what I want right now. Get me one more time, it's so amazing. How you shook my world and put it upside. It's so good. Uh, it's just it's another thing about going going back to somebody or maybe your first love or something like that. Um, you know, it's bad for you, but you can't resist. And mm-hmm. that's because the person knows you inside out. That's what the song is all about. Uh, and I feel like I hoped that this book would give us the ins and outs of Britney, but I don't think it did. <laughs> uh, but we'll talk about that. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot of uh, honorable mentions that we want to talk about. So just really quickly, uh, there's Shattered Glass from the Circus album. Also the song Circus. I know we like that song a lot too, which basically her life has been paraded in the public as a circus. There's Overprotected. Uh, I don't think you need any introduction to that song. Everybody knows. From the bottom of my broken heart is from her original album. I think that that really shows her actual voice, um, which is really deep. It's not this, you know, quote, sexy voice they made her use. Someday I Will Understand is a really good song. Uh, unfortunately, the album cover has He Who Shall Not Be Named on it. Um, so I hate when that comes up on my phone because I don't want to see him. Don't like him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Then we have basically the entire Blackout album. Just go listen to it and dance. And then let me see. I'm Not a Girl, Not Yet a Woman. That song is iconic. Let Me Be yeah. is from that Britney album as well. Uh, Boys featuring Pharrell is a really good one. Even just the regular boys song. You Drive Me Crazy. Great movie also, by the way. Love that movie. Uh, I've just begun having my fun. Such a fun song. That is uh, to just put on while you're getting ready. Um, Lucky. Iconic. And honestly, really her, too. Because the song, the lyrics say she's so lucky she's a star, but she cries, you know, and she 
definitely had a something going on behind the scenes that nobody knew about. Don't Let Me Be the Last to Know is iconic. Everybody knows that song. I'm a Slave for You is great, but it hits different now that I know that she kind of was a slave and might still mm-hmm. be. Uh, and then just an honorable mention, Alien. Great song from the Britney Jean album. And perhaps she really does feel like an alien you know, to herself, because does she even know who she is? She's Was she allowed? I don't know. I have so many questions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so many questions. But it's a great song. Go check yeah. it out. Another iconic song. And forgive me if you did say this and I missed it, but Toxic. No, I did not say it. But yeah. that is also summing up her life. Yeah. I also really love that song. And I think that song was that she came out with that song during a time in my life when I was really into her. So that was like I played it all the time and I used to sing it all the time. And it's so much fun. So that yeah, one it's a great song. a special place in my heart, too. Oops, I did it again. We didn't mention that. That's the one with the iconic music video yeah. um, where she's got the red album outfit and there's a lot of debate about whether she had a microphone or not and people try to say that it's the Mandela effect that she did have it and she didn't have it I don't know oh, I those aren't the conspiracies those aren't the, the hmm. theories I dabble in so interesting not my area okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, of course there's so many more you know she kind of came in during that uh, era where pop was transitioning and she came out with that original song you know uh, one more time me baby one more time very commercialized but when when you first heard that song you were like oh this is good i like this song yeah and that started that whole wave of the pop era so yeah uh trying to think there's so many other songs that we can't even sit here and mention them all just so everybody knows we literally sat here one night and just was like add this one add this one add this one i was like just we have to do a top 10 and she was like we'll narrow it down i was like but we're at 50 and we have a lot of narrowing down She's like, but they're so good. I was like, I know, I know. This is hard. And it was, it was hard. (laughs) At one point I I sent her, I was like, all right, I have an updated playlist. So you don't have to listen to all 60 of the songs I had said. And she was like, but there's still 29 on here. I was like, just listen to them. (laughs) (laughs) I did. And I did. I listened to everyone. At this point, it was kind of like, I want to show Alex all my favorite Britney songs. Um, Not necessarily that we're going to incorporate them because, you know, at one point I literally texted you. I was like, I'm so sorry that I keep sending these. I was like, but I love her. And you were like, I know. <laughs> that's cute that's all i love yeah. her man i yeah. love britney man she's an icon i love her man i love mary man all right everyone so as you know britney is our favorite pop princess so let's discuss some yummy popcorn recipes jess what do you have for us all right so mine is fun and festive because you could do this and put them in little baggies if you're having like a birthday function or a party or some kind of get together uh this is always a hit you can get those cute little popcorn boxes that you can throw these into if you're having people over or you could just kick back and watch a movie with your fam and eat this it's delicious you can literally do this however you want you can add whatever toppings you want, but you just get the good old good stuff, the microwave popcorn. Uh, the microwave popcorn I like the best and my family likes the best is the Pop Secret movie theater butter. And they also have like a more natural one now that's not artificial flavors. And that's the one I've been feeling lately. So you take two of those bags, obviously one at a time, just pop as you would normally make your popcorn. And then you put them onto some kind of a, a cookie sheet with parchment paper underneath. You throw your popcorn on there and then you go to town, man. You add your toppings, whatever you're in the mood for. This is what's great about it. But one of the best things to do is melt a little dark chocolate, drizzle that on. You can even do a little white chocolate or a little um, butterscotch chocolate, you know, those butterscotch chips, pour them on. Um, And then you could even 
leave it at that and you'd have some delicious snacking. Once they all dry, you could just mange and they're yummy. Or you could also make some like caramel or some toffee, pour that on top. If you're into sprinkles, yum. You could even make like a cookie monster edition where you're adding, you know, like pieces of cookies or cookie dough, whatever you want. Because when you're putting your drizzles of uh, chocolate or toffee, whatever, you know, you can literally throw things on and they will stick. And then once it's all done, you break it up, you put it into those little, you know, boxes, like I said, or bags if you're doing an event or if you're just, you know, kicking back, like I said, it's so delicious and you could add whatever you're in the mood for, which makes it the best. You want to throw candy on there, M&Ms, go for it. So yummy. I have helped you make those for something for Jax's party and they are, they're delicious. All right. So my recipe is for making your own popcorn. So you can go online and get a popcorn maker really cheap. There may be like $15 on Amazon. And not only is it healthier to pop your own popcorn, but then you can season them however you want. My personal favorite is to do a little bit of olive oil with some sea salt and lime zest. Mm. And it's so good. You, it sounds kind of weird with the lime, but it's it tastes incredible. I love it. And it's really nice for the summer too. If you're doing a barbecue or something, it's a nice little summer treat, but you can literally do any topping that your heart desires. I personally like using olive oil with it instead of butter. I like the flavor and it's a little bit healthier for you as well. Yeah, that sounds amazing. I would definitely do that. Yeah. Especially because um, if anybody shops at Target, and I think you had them at my house and you love them, but they have like their own brands, but they're organic or whatever. And it's the olive oil one with the Himalayan sea salt popcorn. Okay. It's so yummy. I got the one that time Trader Joe's has ones with olive oil too. They're very good. I've never tried Trader Joe's, but I love everything from Trader Joe's. So I'm sure I would. And can we just say that popcorn is probably one of my favorite snacks of all time? Yeah. Can't get bored if you just keep putting different flavors, getting different things. So yeah, it's true. All right. So I loved this, this cooking one today. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) We we love a good pop. Yeah. (laughs) Pop quiz, asshole. What do you do? Let's tell you why we chose this book. Britney Spears is my girl. And I've been concerned about her for a while. I am still concerned about her. Uh, But I was pretty sure she didn't write this. I wanted to read, hate it or hate read it, whatever you want to call it. So to support my theories uh, on what's happening to her, I did. Okay. And I came along for the ride. (laughs) Yeah. Yes, she did. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So before we get into our discussion, here's a plot synopsis so everyone knows what this book is about. The Woman in Me is a memoir by pop superstar Britney Spears. It details Britney's experiences throughout her childhood, her rise to fame at a young age, her struggles with stardom, and the infamous conservatorship that changed the course of her life forever. She reveals secrets about her highly publicized life, including her romantic relationships, her strained relationship with her family and her ongoing struggle to reclaim the woman in her. Does she though? (laughs) Britney Jean Spears is an American singer, dancer, songwriter, actress, and alleged author who has sold over 83 million records worldwide. She is a pop princess icon. You know who she is. She's been ranked as the eighth best-selling female artist in American music history. Her debut album, Baby One More Time, debuted in 1999 and propelled her to international stardom. Her second album, Oops, I Did It Again, was released in 2000, followed by Britney in 2001 and In The Zone in 2003. Uh, but it was this album that Britney earned her first Grammy for the sec- for the single Toxic. She went on to release a, a greatest hits album and her fifth studio album, 
Blackout, which is my personal favorite, was released in 2007. Brittany is the mother of two sons with ex-husband, he who shall not be named. Sean Preston and Jaden James are her sons with that person. She currently resides in Los Angeles where she enjoys making TikToks and may or may not actually be AI. I have a lot of feelings. <laughs> I think that's the most aggressive read of my life. <laughs> It's Brittany, bitch. All right, so let's get into the meat of this book. Let's jump right in. Jess, was there anything revealed in the novel that you did find shocking? And what was the most interesting revelation that you took away from this book? There was nothing in this, if you've seen the documentary, that we didn't already know. Yeah. So for me, it wasn't anything that was like a shocking reveal, maybe about what they wanted it to be about, like Justin and the whole maybe she had an abortion because he made her or something. Uh, okay. But, you know, it wasn't like at the gravity level of, oh my God, this is crazy shocking. I can't believe this. Mm-hmm. It was more like a lot of regurgitated bullshit from that documentary that she hates, mm-hmm. by the way, has made it clear that she hates regurgitated again. So, you know, is it fiction? Uh, did somebody else just put this out there? I mean, I have, you know, my thoughts. We already mm-hmm. know because I said that I don't think that she's even benefiting from this book, but that's next level. Uh, As far as the revelation, the only thing I didn't know, and this could have been something a family member just told the ghostwriter, was that her great-grandmother died by shotgun. She committed suicide on her dead baby's grave. And I just, that was, I didn't know that, Mm -hmm. you know. And that was like something revealing, but very personal. Mm -hmm. It wasn't really about her current status or anything leading me to believe that she's definitely saying it. It could have been Jamie, you know, or Mm -hmm. her mother saying it. I don't know. Yeah. So nothing that really shocked me or stirred me. You know, she had come out earlier um, in her own words saying that she was going to come out with some kind of tell all. And I don't think that this told me anything now. Yeah, I I agree with you. So for the first half of the book, I was like, literally everything was just a rundown of her career. It was you could Google anything that she talked about pretty much and find it right away, with the exceptions of the abortion thing, which I might have found shocking, but it had been spoiled for me on TikTok. So I already knew about that well in advance. And then the fact that she had started drinking and smoking with her mom at a very young age. I didn't know that, but everything else I found, it was just kind of like, a. she was like, and then I did this and then I joined Mickey Mouse Club and then I made this song and then I made this album and I, and then I performed at this award show. And I was like, yeah, I know, because I saw it. First of all, I saw it in real time when I was a kid or whatever. And then, I mean, it, they're iconic moments that you see everywhere. So it was nothing that, to call this a tell-all book would be a really big stretch it she doesn't Mm -hmm. really reveal much of anything the second half of the book focuses more on her family and the conservatorship but like jess said it was nothing that you hadn't already heard in the the trial that was televised or at least parts of it were televised and then what was in those documentaries right it was everything that was basically public knowledge already Yeah. Not to mention, and this goes into the next question, but not to mention that there's a lot of inconsistencies. There's a lot of, like I said, regurgitated information that I know she's opposed to that information saying it's not true, but all of a sudden now she's supposedly saying it is. I don't believe that. And then, you know, there's also uh, a lot of details from the conservatorship, which is what we assumed this book was going to be about her tell all about the conservatorship. The, The small portion that we get of that 
is basically, you know, how convenient that she's not giving up certain names or she's not shitting all over Lou Taylor and, you know, all those assholes that were holding her back because, oh, I got to say a little, basically put it this way. Let's just say they're behind it still. They had to mention certain things. They had to mention certain people in little tiny bits just to make it seem like they're not behind it. Eh, I don't know. I feel like too much emphasis was placed on the family and not on these corporations that are really cashing in on this girl and who have been really going to make her life a living hell. Lou Taylor is mentioned for one second, right? That Lou Taylor kind of told her dad, oh, uh, uh, this kind of goes into the second question. I'll just, I'll just wait. Okay. <laughs> well, right. so uh, I'll let you answer this question first, because to be quite honest, I don't really have a lot of investment in the conspiracy theory. So we do have a question here, which is based on what you read. Do you feel that there's any evidence to support some of those conspiracy theories that have been circulating? So I, I'll let you answer this because you are much more informed on it than I am. So yes, a, a thousand times. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I do feel like this book was just thrown out there for the public to give them what they might want to hear and not anything about the truth mm-hmm. that was revolved around this woman being imprisoned for all this time. So I feel like a lot of things were redacted to protect these people who supposedly have no more interest in her, but definitely still have a financial interest in her because the LLC behind her conservatorship is gaining from this book. Maybe not Britney. We don't know if it's Britney actually gaining, but they're the one distributing. Why would that be? Mm -hmm. That's shady. Mm -hmm. Then there's these corporations and this person I mentioned, Lou Taylor. She's a female. Supposedly, uh, it was her idea about the conservatorship. She brought that to her dad's attention. She mentions it briefly in the book, but she doesn't really go to town about how horrible this woman is um, and all of the, the horrendous things that she did. And like. There's so much proof that this book is is inconsistent because if you listen to any of her interviews, the things that are supposedly her saying them in this book are complete opposite of what she was saying in the interview. And one interview in particular, because I can't go through them all. But in one particular uh, interview, she mentions how after her son, her first son, um, Sean Preston, was born, she doesn't want to do this anymore. This isn't the life she wants. She doesn't want paparazzi all over her kids. She doesn't want to to do this anymore. And then all of a sudden, boom, she's put into a, a conservatorship and they're holding her kids mm-hmm. you know, over her head and saying, well, if you want to see your child, then you'll do what we say because you're a cash cow. Yeah. OK, how fucked up is that? Yeah. So that was her interview. She cried in that interview. She said that she didn't want to do this anymore. And and lo and behold, a conservatorship makes her do all these things, forces her to perform like a monkey in heels in Vegas. All these things uh, and holds it over her head that if you want to see your kid on the weekends, you're going to do as we say. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. It doesn't really show that in the book. It says it, but it doesn't it doesn't mean it, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I don't is, know. And that's just one instance. Yeah. I don't know if this is necessarily a conspiracy theory, but. I can tell you my impression of the situation based on what I've read and then also what I've seen from what you sent me. But what I've seen in interviews of Britney as a young artist, so prior to the conservatorship, prior to a lot of this stuff that went like started to spiral for her, in many interviews, they would ask her about, you know, where do you see yourself in five to 10 years and what's next for Britney and what what are your plans for the future? And in many of those interviews, her response was, 
well, I don't know. I'd like to have a family. I'd like to maybe be living somewhere with my family and raising a family. And at one point they even ask her, you know, do you plan on making a career out of music? And she says, well, I don't know. And she was young at the time. I want to say she was around 17 or 18. And she said, well, I don't know. You know, I, I really would like to start a family. And I really don't think that it was ever her intention to be this mega superstar. And she was pushed into this at a young age by her parents because Mm -hmm. they recognized that she had talent and they said, Hey, we can get money off of this. And they they were struggling. They were in debt, struggling. And they continued to utilize her exactly what Jess said as a cash cow. And as soon as she like just exactly what Jess said, she had her first child. She, I believe wanted to move away from the spotlight, especially once she was being hounded by paparazzi that were endangering her children. I really think she wanted to take a step back and they did do things to control the situation to ensure that she couldn't take a step back because then they would lose their money. Mm -hmm. As far as the conservatorship goes, they not only had control over her person, but also all of her financial assets. And while the conservatorship is supposedly lifted and is no longer in existence, I do think that there is some type of financial agreement between the entities that were involved with the conservatorship and Britney's family. And I think that that does explain some of the conspiracies that you've been mentioning, including the fact that they might be trying to use a body double to promote things because they are financially benefiting it in a direct Mm -hmm. way. And I think there's things in that regard that we're not aware of and that the public isn't aware of yet. But I do think that there is something to that because they have relied on this girl to support them and their interests from the time she was eight years old or younger. And every single one of her family members has benefited from it. Her sister used her name to try and make a name for herself. She's not nearly as talented and she's a brat, so it didn't work out for her. So now they have to continue to use her name to make themselves relevant. And that's how I feel about the situation. And going back to the financial end, uh, you can investigate into this, look into this yourself, but a billion dollars is estimated to have been robbed from Britney. Where is it? Mm -hmm. Where did it go? Who did it go to? Okay. Mm -hmm. Not to mention that these people who were, you know, locking her up and putting her her on lithium to shut her up, essentially, were all benefiting and, and they're probably still benefiting. But, you know, if it were me, and I'm not saying I'm putting myself in Britney's shoes, I'm not, but I'm just saying if Britney was free and she was able to do what she needed to do, don't you think that girl would be suing the shit out of these people to get her money back? A fucking billion dollars isn't a dollar. It's not a hundred dollars. It's a billion dollars. And we see this shit with other artists. Look at Taylor Swift. She had a, you know, switch company, uh, switch record labels because they were telling her, oh, we own you. We own your songs. And then she came out with her other, you know, her new songs. Scooter mm-hmm. Braun, right? He's a douchebag. Mm-hmm. I, I think of Prince also. Prince, people thought he was crazy back in the day. He changed his name to the artist formerly known as Prince. But he yeah. had to do that because everything under the Prince name was mm-hmm. owned by a different record company and they they had financial mm-hmm. rights to him. So he had to change his name to that. So this way it was like, fuck you. I own my own shit. I wrote my shit. It's mine. Just like Taylor. Same yeah. same type of stuff. Uh, and it, it, it's heartbreaking because it is mentioned in the book about how the girl had an allowance. It's mm-hmm. her money. She had yeah. an allowance. She had to beg to buy a pair of sneakers and was told no. Mm-hmm. This is Britney Spears. Yeah. 
It's crazy. So and there was another thing, too, about a conspiracy theory I had about how she really was AI and it wasn't really her working, collaborating with Elton John. I mean, in, in one section of the book, she briefly talks or it's briefly mentioned that Elton John did a collaboration with her, which sounded more to me like an ad. It sounded like a promo for the song rather than really her being passionate about the project. Mm-hmm. That's just how it came off to me. Like, oh, mention that in there, you know, because yeah. probably at the time uh, before these books actually go into circulation, obviously there's much months period. So this mm-hmm. was probably when that song was coming out and they were promoting it. I don't know. I just, I got yeah. the ick a lot of, a lot of times. I do agree with you about that. I felt, and this is somebody that has been very removed from all of this. And before I even knew about that conspiracy that you mentioned with Elton John, I felt that it sounded like something that was planted in there as a promotional little tidbit. And I also felt the same way at the end of the book when they talked about her Instagram and she was like, now I just have so much fun on Instagram and people can judge me, but this is what I love. And it just sounded like somebody trying to say, this is what she would say to try to justify anything that we can't control on Instagram. Thank you for reminding me. That's another thing. She doesn't have control over her Instagram. She used to have an assistant uh, and her assistant used to be in control of that. She also worked for the conservatorship. She wasn't allowed not only to not even have access to the internet, the girl wasn't even allowed to have an iPad. Okay. Mm -hmm. Remember like after she finally got free of the conservatorship, she was like, I bought an iPad. Yay me. And she supposedly she had no access to her Instagram. Now we're meant to believe that she does all of a sudden have access. She knows what she's doing and she's writing all these things. I don't even buy that. Okay. Because there's a lot of evidence too to support that even though this is a conspiracy theory, there might be a lot of evidence and this is all alleged, you know, mm-hmm. um, but there might be some evidence to say that she has no control of her Instagram. There was also a, a five second live uh, where Sam was filming and supposedly she was in the background and she's like, what are all those bubbles? What does that mean? And he's like, oh, those are comments. The girl doesn't even know what a comment is. She doesn't even know what social media looks like. So mm-hmm. we're expected to believe now all of a sudden because the book says that she knows. Mm-hmm. Sorry, but no, that's over. fine. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. And again, this is all alleged. This is just, you know, yeah, this is just speculation. It's not necessarily true. But if she came out on Instagram was like, hey, I use this, I'd be like, okay. To go back to what you had mentioned about the music industry and how they control people by having the rights. That's another big issue in the music industry as well, is that they have these young artists at 15, 16 years old signing these like decade long contracts. And in what other area of life can a 15 or 16 year old literally sign any type of legal document it's not fair and i really feel that britney was placed in a situation where she has contract contractual obligations that she doesn't want to fulfill and Mm -hmm. so they have to do these workarounds like potentially with the body double things like that i think all of this stems back to a lot of issues that we have in the industry which brings me actually to my next topic is throughout the book she discusses her experiences in the music and the film industries from a young age and explores the various ways that she was sexualized during this time. And just a reminder for everyone, she started out when she was six years old doing performances and she was on the Mickey Mouse Club at nine years old, mm-hmm. allegedly. What are your thoughts on how the entertainment industries sexualize young girls and women? And do you see a difference in how men in the industry are talked about versus women? I have a lot of feelings on this. 
I'm not going to mention everything, how I feel about this in a general way. I'm just going to keep it towards Brittany. But really quickly, I'll just gloss over the fact that I think that little girls are over-sexualized in this industry. I think that even her being 16, coming out with her first video where she's in this little schoolgirl outfit and pigtails, but she's singing being sexy. Mm -hmm. Mm, Doesn't sit right with me. Okay. That's like pedophile stuff. I don't know. Yeah. That's a whole nother area. That's a whole nother uh, thing. But supposedly this conspiracy theories about a lot of that stuff happening in the industry or maybe that these artists, these young girls are being passed around kind of like as, you know, drugged sex slaves at parties. Who knows? We're not there. So we can only speculate from what we hear. Mm-hmm. That's a whole nother issue. Uh, as far as her over-sexualization goes, yeah, we see that too with Ariana Grande. I mean, they make the girl look like she's 13 and she's 30. It's yeah. creepy, okay? Uh, it's very creepy, uh, all of that. They do that all the time. They think that this uh, projection of these young girls is sexy. It's not. They're little children. It's disturbing. Uh, as far as her voice, when she was younger, her real voice is deep and she has a, a nice voice when she actually can use her real voice. Instead, they told her it wasn't good enough that she had to sound sexy. Why is a 16-year-old girl supposed to sound sexy and yes it mm-hmm. gives her her iconic britney spears voice everybody knows that oh baby right mm-hmm. but that's not really her voice and they tried to sexualize her they do the same shit too i this speculation about rihanna that that's not her real voice but they speed up her voice to make her sound more girly because she has a deeper voice i don't know yeah these aren't isolated incidents we see a pattern here uh whether they're you want to believe it or not that's a, that's you but there's definitely this presence of this sexualization of women and girls and young girls, too. They have a lot of these young girls with makeup on when they're little. Like, it's disturbing. Um, but that's another issue. As far as the difference in the men and women in the industry, I think that at some point, like I mentioned Prince earlier, um, even Michael Jackson, like even some men uh, that grew up in the industry, perhaps they were groomed. I don't know what the issues are. That's a whole nother subject. But, you know, they're treated as property of these corporations that write their record deals. And I think there's a lot of issues going on with that. But I see it even more um, prominent when it comes to females, because I think that not only do they want to, they, they feel like sex sells and they feel like, put it this way, Mariah Carey too, another one. Uh, Mariah Carey was married to Tommy Mottola and Tommy Mottola, Michael Jackson said, is the devil. And she was basically... I don't know. I want to read her book, but I think um, the conspiracy theory around her was that if you want to be famous, you have to do this. So it Mm -hmm. seems to be a pattern where it's like, if you want to be famous, you have to do X, Y, Z. You hear about this casting couch stuff, all these things that are speculated, but kind of kept hush hush. Um, So there's a lot we don't know about when it comes to Hollywood and comes to the music industry. And I think it's a very disturbing scene. And I don't know if I want to know Mm -hmm. the things I don't know, but Obviously, when it comes to uh, gender in the music industry, they definitely over-sexualize women. And the last thing I'll say is it, it's recently, too, with Billie Eilish. Remember, Billie Eilish wasn't mm-hmm. showing off her body because she was wearing baggy clothes, so she wouldn't be over-sexualized. Yeah. And I'm glad to see that at least now they're not controlling the narrative where it's like, well, if you want this, you must do this. Mm-hmm. I'm glad to see that she was like, no, I have a voice. I'm talented and I'm going to just sing and I don't care. I don't want anybody to know what's underneath this baggy stuff. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm glad to see that maybe they're taking steps on making a progression for women. Uh, but I definitely noticed some patterns from the past and uh, amongst all artists, because when, at the end of the day, they're cash cows and 
these are businesses and all these corporations, all they give a shit about is a dollar. They don't care about these people. They don't even view them as such. That's how I feel. Yeah. You mentioned sex sells. And that's what I think is the driving force in the entertainment industries, especially when it comes to young girls and women. I do think that modern day, we are trying to move away from this. I like that you brought up Billie Eilish. I think she's a great example. I remember in an interview, she said, yeah, I dress this way so that people don't comment on my body at all, not even just to sexualize her. But not only do we scrutinize women for their sexuality, but also for their weight. And at the time that Britney Spears was becoming popular, And I can't stress this enough to everybody. This is a 16 year old girl. It's a very formative age. She is being scrutinized for the fact that she had large breasts. She can't control that. She was being asked in interviews at 17 years old, whether she had implants put in. Why are we asking a 17 year old girl about her boobs on in an on a live international interview? This is what we do to women. And she's not the only one, but I know I saw an interview with her. She had performed in some type of competition as a child. She was 10 years old and the interviewer asked her, oh, do you have a boyfriend? Yeah. This girl's 10 years old. Yes. And how ridiculous. Yeah. And she didn't know how to respond. And she was like, oh, no, ha, ha, ha. You know, awkward, the awkward laugh that women have to do to validate men. And he goes, oh, well, how about me? Can I be your boyfriend? This is an old man. And she's a 10 year old girl. And it's a singing competition. Why is Thickening. this even why is this even a question? And that was an issue for Britney throughout her career. She started off as a sex symbol at 16 years old. She continued to be a sex symbol as she grew into her body. And then the second she had had a baby and her body no longer looked like it did at 17 years old. All of a sudden now she's so fat. She wasn't even fat. Okay. Mm -hmm. But she's so fat. She's, you know, she doesn't look the way she did. Oh, she's a fat cow. She's falling apart. They did the same thing with Jessica Simpson. Girls needed to lose extreme amounts of weight that was not healthy for them so that they could have these flat stomachs. And then Brittany talks about in her book about how in the audience, she would see men, fathers of young girls that were there and then we're feeling concerned about her body being too sexual. She talks about how at one point she was pulled aside after a performance and she was being scrutinized saying, oh, well, you came off too sexy and you're supposed to be a role model for young girls. And she's sitting there saying, well, but this is just how I look. I I mean, I can't change my body. And this isn't just specific to Britney, but you know, I've heard people even like Miley Cyrus, once again, when they're young girls saying that she noticed a shift in the audience, she's singing for a young, a very young female audience and then their fathers are coming to the shows and as she started to get older it started to be a different look for her and people were creepy and then all of Mm -hmm. a sudden they wanted to come to the shows because oh look at this sexy young girl these are 17 year old girls okay it's not normal and this is very prominent and we don't do the same thing to men we do it to an extent but not in the same way men who are seen as sexual are seen as lotharios they're role models for other men it's applauded and and it is encouraged. Well, masculine. Yes, it's encouraged. Whereas for girls, it's considered to be a bad thing. Brittany needed to pretend to be a virgin because that was preferable to her being a normal 20-something-year-old girl in a long-term relationship. But then you see how the media was portraying 
Brittany versus Justin in the breakup. Justin was this victim. She was this harlot sexual woman who cheated on him and broke his heart. And he was this awesome industry guy who was very talented and we're building him up and we're using him to tear her down and we're using her to build him up. And I think that we see this a lot in media. And even though, like I said, I do think we are moving away from this. It's still something that we see. You mentioned how young girls, they're always in this really made up makeup, the hair. If you turn on any music video, any young girl has full glam makeup, the hair is super sexual, and they're wearing these outfits that are very sexy. And it's the same thing on television as well. High school shows that are targeted to a young high school audience. You see girls that are in their 20s, by the way, wearing ridiculous amounts of makeup. Their hair is... It just, it's not natural looking. And I've actually, I've talked about how I've been rewatching Gilmore Girls and I've seen the comparison between shows that came out in the early 2000s versus the shows that come out now. And these looked like real women. They, they had real hair. They didn't wear tons and tons of makeup. They weren't wearing fake eyelashes to high school every day. And we're setting up a really terrible standard for young girls. And so even though I want to say that we're making improvements, we still see this very prominently in media and it's a real problem. Yeah. I, I'm glad you box now. <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned about the body shaming. Cause that's, it, it's just, it's an epidemic. I want to say inside of Hollywood and you know, it's it's a thing like where you have to look a certain way and be projected to young girls. So this way they strive to be like that. Mm -hmm. But that's not healthy. <laughs> And yeah. that's not how they're supposed to look. And, you know, you have all these Instagram models with all this makeup on and then little girls are like, oh, that's what I'm supposed to look like. That's not mm -hmm. what you're supposed to look like. Oh, look, look at the way Kim K looks. Kim K paid a lot of damn money to look mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. You know, and it's unrealistic to these girls um, to try and idolize these people and want to look that way or, you know, hurt themselves by sucking on a shot glass because that's what Kylie Jenner says. She got her lips to mm. get bigger and that that it wasn't really plastic surgery. Like, stop lying. I don't know. Yeah, that's that's same, off the topic. Same <laughs> thing with TikTok. And we have these filters now and people yes. think because some some of these filters, you can't even tell right away or, or even that's at AI all. for you. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. It's scary how advanced this AI is and people don't realize there's something out there called deep fakes. And I just mm -hmm. brought that to your attention not too long ago yeah. where there's this deep fake Tom Cruise. Mm -hmm. And I swear to God, you'll look at the video it's and be creepy. like, oh, that's Tom Cruise. Unless you actually really know that it's not. And it's just a filter on this guy, voice and all. It's creepy. Yeah, it's very um, creepy. But, and it's not just him. It's a lot of people out there. M Moral of the story, it. don't trust anything you see online. <laughs> I wanted to say this too. You had mentioned about how they made Justin look he like Brittany was the victim. Obviously, the girl did it, right? She broke his heart. They're doing the same thing. I see a mirroring with uh, Nick, I'm sorry, Joe Jonas and Sophie Turner. Yep. Right now, everywhere you look, yep. Sophie Turner was doing drugs with the kids. Sophie Turner definitely cheated on on Nick Jonas. I'm mm -hmm. sorry, on Joe Jonas and all these things. And they're making her out to be this evil wife mm -hmm. and making him out to look like a saint. So it yeah. doesn't ruin his career, but it's OK to sacrifice hers. Yeah. You know, I'm sure neither of them maybe were innocent and that's their business. But mm -hmm. don't try and make this narrative that it's the woman that's evil and doing all these things and that he's a victim because I just see it when your eyes are open you can actually see these yeah. things. This it's really, this is the last thing I'll say, but the whole concept of the evil sexual woman and just in general, the evil 
of womenhood goes back to the Bible, biblical times with Adam and Eve and Eve's the one who needed to eat the the Mm -hmm. apple. And so she gets blamed. And we're always going to say that the woman was in the wrong. She was the evildoer and the man was the victim and he's always right. And that's just how we are. And it's still very prominent today. It really mm-hmm. is. Yep. Right. They pretend that it's an outdated thing, but that's a whole not- that's a whole nother episode. Yeah. I could literally talk about this for days. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I will say one more quick thing. I don't know if you know who Bella Thorne is. Yeah. But Bella Thorne came out and you had mentioned Miley Cyrus and Miley Cyrus has been open about being sexually abused in the industry at a young age. Bella Thorne has been very, very outspoken about her situation, her experience. Uh, And there's not going to be a lot of talk. And there wasn't certainly in this book, because if you expose something like that, you're exposing not just yourself or the people around you, but an entire industry mm-hmm. and yeah. it wouldn't be allowed and you know they're what I'm very saying? powerful people with lots of yes money. and they make these girls look like if you speak up that you're you're a pariah like mm-hmm. oh well, she's crazy what is she talking about don't take her seriously or worse before we're really getting into me too movement i'm gonna have to stop but just really quick uh going back to weinstein you know if he if she, if he was being exposed by a woman he would make sure to call uh, around and get them blacklisted from roles mm-hmm. so yeah. these are very powerful people you can't mess with these people there's no way in hell that even if it was mentioned in this book it would have been allowed to be published that way yeah that's all i'll say yeah yeah I know we could literally talk about this for days. <laughs> I have a lot of thoughts. I'm not, I'm choosing not to say anymore, but I we have, have a lot more. And we have feelings. I, I have a lot more, but I'm not going to subject everyone to that. <laughs> no, sorry in, in advance. And yeah. Yeah. All right. So throughout the novel, Brittany discusses the theme of being disconnected from her true self. So in what ways do you think uh, her level of fame impacted her ability to ever really be herself? Yeah. So I got this sense while I was reading the book. She talks about this multiple times about how she just felt like nobody really knew who she was. She didn't even really know who she was anymore. She talks about how while filming the Crossroads movie that she got just kind of fully invested in this character, Lucy, that she was playing. And she found it difficult to differentiate between who she is and who the character was. And I think that this has been an issue for Brittany because from what she describes in the book and from what I've seen in interviews of her, her real self is different from her public persona. However, because the public persona is so enmeshed in their careers, and this is true to Britney, but I think it's an issue overall in the industry as well. But Britney Spears is a, it's an industry. It's a, it's a A brand, it's a persona. And the problem with that is that when she's not on the stage and she's not performing and she's not making movies and making albums, She's a real person. However, we have paparazzi following people around and you're expected to be this person 24 seven and you're not. And it gets to a point where your entire life becomes a performance. You are performing as Britney Spears, the brand versus being Britney Spears, the person. And I think that especially because of how young she was with the lack of support that she had from her friends and family, that this really had an impact on Brittany. I do believe that she does have mental health struggles. And I think that this feeds into that a lot because mm-hmm. how, how are you supposed to know who you really are when not only are you being told who you're supposed to be, but everything you do in your personal life is being scrutinized on television, on radio shows, in magazines. How are you supposed 
supposed to really know who you are. I can't even imagine dealing with something like that at 16, 17, even 25. That's an insane thing to subject a person to. And I think that that was evident in reading the book in the disconnect between who she was. That's how I felt, at least reading it. I was like, this makes sense to me because how could you know who you really are? I mean, she's been groomed if we really want to go there since, Mm -hmm. like we said about her parents putting her, throwing her in this industry. She's been groomed to be a certain way. And a lot of times you'll hear people say, oh, you know, she reminds me of a little girl. Yeah, because she never really had the chance to grow up and be herself Um, from when she was little. You know, she was told, don't wear this, wear that. Don't sing as yourself. Sing as this. Be sexy. You know, the girl doesn't even know who the hell she is because she wasn't allowed to be herself. Like Alex said, it's a brand name. OK, yeah. just like Ford or Ferrari, Britney Spears, yeah. period. I heard Jim Carrey. Uh, I mentioned this briefly with Alex earlier, but Jim Carrey in an interview says, Uh, That he's not really Jim Carrey, but he has to, in the public eye, be Jim Carrey. And that doesn't mean that he's not who he is and that he's not a real person. Mm -hmm. He's just trying to say that there's a role that he plays and that in in public eye, he has to continue that role and continue the facade of being this funny guy and not really having, you know, true emotions and being himself. And that's the same thing we get with Britney, too. You know, like not just her, but everybody in the music industry in Hollywood, everybody continues to play the role. And that's why some things could be speculated that maybe even like relationships relationships are faked or all for publicity. There's a lot of things that could be scripted and thrown at us to give us what, what the people want because it's drama. You know, mm-hmm. you want this. It's it's all an act, though, mm-hmm. necessarily, uh, allegedly. You know, I'm not saying it's not yeah. or I it tr- is. I truly believe in order to be a celebrity at the level that somebody like Britney Spears or any of these people are, you are basically subscribing to a life where yes. this is who you're going to have to be for the rest of your life. You're you're not selling your music. You're not selling your acting skills. You're selling yourself. Right. And some in some fashion, some people will be like, like I've heard people say before in my life, um, oh, I feel so bad. I'll say something like, oh, I feel so bad for her. Look, the paparazzi's all over her. Leave her alone, you know, give her space. Yeah. And people are like, I don't feel sorry for her. That's what she signed up for. Maybe Kim K, somebody like that signed up. They want to be in the public light. But a little girl, Britney Spears, or some little kid that's, you know, um, acting in movies, that's not what they signed up for. That's what their guardians signed them up for. They mm-hmm. never agreed to that. And now if they grow up in the limelight because they were pushed into the limelight, they should, they're dealing with that. And that's not something that they necessarily did sign up for. So I don't always agree with something like that when I hear people say that. Yeah. But as far as far as it impacting her, absolutely. And then level on top of that, you got to throw a conservatorship in there. It makes me wonder how many people in the music industry or in Hollywood are under these conservatorships that haven't been discovered yet. Is that what's going on? You know, there's talk of these handlers and things like that. Uh, There's a lot of drama circulating around Kanye West. I won't go there right now. But it's not just an isolated incident, which makes me think that something heavy is going on behind the scenes. And I don't know if we'll ever really know the truth when Mm -hmm. it comes to that. But as far as Britney goes, I mean, of course, it impacted her. This girl wasn't allowed to live her life. She wasn't allowed to have a life. She wasn't allowed to be a woman. And if she wanted to have a baby, have control over her own damn body, for Christ's sake. She couldn't even see her kids when she wanted to. She was told, do this and then maybe we'll let you see your kids. Yeah. You know, like what kind of bullshit is that? Uh, I think everything has impacted her. And I think that she wanted out a long time ago and they weren't letting her out of this yeah. industry because she co- she gave them so much money. It's yeah. scary, but it's not even just isolated to this. There's so many other areas of other things where these companies make so much money that they don't care who they hurt in the process of it. So I hope going forward that she'd be able 
to come to terms with who she is and her identity and be herself and actually live her damn life um, without, you know, someone else living it for her or writing her narrative. But I don't know. Agreed. All right. So we did mention a little bit that Justin is featured in this book. So what were your thoughts on the topics covered with Justin and how Brittany spoke about him and how he was portrayed? This goes back to my theory on how I feel like this book was just geared toward public drama and how they were like, oh, well, you know, everybody lives, used to live for the Britney and Justin drama and, you know, the denim outfits. And that's what's mentioned in this book. It's not a tell all. It's just let's talk about the denim outfits and let's talk about Justin. And, and, you know, they grew up together. They were in the Mickey Mouse Club together. Obviously, they were familiar with each other. Whether or not you want to choose to believe that that was a real relationship or a public relationship or whatever it is, they made it that this book was geared around that. And I'm sure when she was younger, maybe she did have an abortion. That is her business. If she wants to tell that, that's fine. Uh, you know, but if that's the big reveal of this book, then this is just, I think it's sickening. Just a reminder to, to stay after the episode for some bloopers and, and bonus content. Exploit. Exploit. Thank you. Um, Exploit this this girl you know this woman by saying oh you know she wasn't allowed any control over her body she was forced to have an abortion all these things because it would have killed the brand right uh and then justin being thrown in there too i don't know i feel like maybe they were both kids they were both propelled into this relationship whether you believe it it was real or not i have my suspicions that perhaps this is just a thing we see this all the time with these popular stars being thrown together meshed together maybe for publicity but it's a little it's a little it's interesting People will come at you, though. You can't say these things. If I say that Justin Bieber and uh, Selena Gomez's relationship might not have been real, people will send me death threats. So I won't go there. That one especially. (laughs) I won't go there. You know, but like this is some speculation out there. I'm not saying necessarily it's me speculating, uh, but this is some speculation out there. Could likely be the same with Justin and Brittany that they were both trying to propel them into stardom and they made this relationship for them. Who knows? That's not mentioned in this book, though. What we do have, whether this book is fiction or real or whatever the case may be we have what they were known for in the early 2000s that the they were the power couple you know um and they there's some information that we did know and there's some information that maybe was not well known and i think the abortion thing was thrown in there to be like a gotcha moment to say like oh this is a tell all look we're telling this i don't know I don't know. I have my feelings about it. Uh, I, I just think that basically they're exploiting Britney in this book. I think it's disgusting. It's more of like a gossip thing. And I don't think that mm-hmm. I don't think that this was something. I don't know. I have feelings. I, I don't even want to get into it yeah. because I'm getting sick. I'm getting mad. Yeah. <laughs> so Well, I will say that I have seen videos on TikTok and online about concerns what you had mentioned about celebrity couples being put together by their teams because it makes the most sense for their public image and things like Mm -hmm. that. It reminds me of like the olden days where marriages were to basically forge alliances, Mm -hmm. you know, so like, oh, the queen of Spain will marry the king of England to forge this alliance between the two countries. And that's kind of the impression that I get. It's like the modern version of that. And I know I've seen speculation on that with Nick Jonas and Priyanka Chopra and many other other celebrities. So that is something that I have been exposed to. Whether I believe Justin and Brittany 
that was the case for them. I don't know. I don't know if it's the case for any of these people. But what I will say, and we'll never is know, the takeaway that I got from this portion of the book and from what Brittany said about Justin was that A, yes, she had an abortion, but she didn't want to. He was the one who wanted her to get it. And so she did to please him. And the reason for that was because they were young and they were just at the starts of their careers and he thought that it would have a negative impact for the two of them. So she went along with it. He did not want her to go to the hospital and chose to have her do it at home for privacy reasons because he felt that they were too big and too well known and that it would cause a lot of media and most likely would paint him in a potentially negative light. And I felt that that was the most interesting part of all of this was that she had kind of done this just to please him. She talks extensively about being a people pleaser throughout the book and specifically wanting to please Justin at this time. And in addition to that, I just wanted to say it was real cringe when she talked about how she was in extreme pain, writhing on the floor, having this abortion, and he was just strumming his guitar and singing to her. I just think it's super cringe and I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. You know what else to, to return to without me saying conspiracy theories, but what issue I have with this also is that they're concentrating so much on this early gossip of her first relationship in the public eye, um, thinking that's what the people want to read. And maybe on the surface, that is what most people want to hear, right? But uh, it's nothing about the conservatorship. It's taking away from the conservatorship. It's taking away on why she wanted to initially put this information out there. However, I will say that I believe the relationship with Justin was a catalyst for a lot of things that came after, including her quote unquote breakdown in 2007. Mm-hmm. And I think that it was essential for us, whether you believe Brittany wrote this or not, whether you believe this is true or not, from what we get in the book, the breakup with Justin kind of put her into a situation where she had an initial breakdown. She talks about how following that breakup, not only was she dragged through the mud in the media and the whole world was calling her name, she was getting death threats. That is very impactful on a very young person. Mm-hmm. But in addition to that, she was genuinely dealing with, I mean, think about somebody that you were in love with that broke your heart and think of like imagine having to go through the public eye feeling that way she ends up going back to louisiana she doesn't even leave her room she's in tears every single day she doesn't want to work they force her to do it anyway i think that this was her first breakdown which is why i do believe that she has some mental health issues and i think that was evident from what i read in the book it was consistent i think it's also consistent with the inconsistencies in what she reported and in her memories with the lack of details and I think that it was important for us to have that information to help us understand what then led to the conservatorship in terms of what was happening in her life at the time. She 100% has to have mental illnesses. I mean, this woman was forced to be a prisoner. You know, of course she's going to have, I'm sure she's depressed. You know, I'm sure that during these times, you know, she wasn't allowed to even have a phone to communicate with anyone who they said she couldn't communicate with. Uh, So I'm sure that she had some real horrible mental struggles because literally it was her inside of her head most of the time and that's it. Well, that's during um, her conservatorship, but I think there's evidence before well, even that as a child potentially bipolar disorder where she talks about these depressive states but then also these what I perceive to be these manic states. She talks about just randomly seeing Colin Farrell on the TV one day saying he's super hot, driving to the set of his movie and then they have this fling. That's a very impulsive manic thing to do. She talks about driving the car with this person, I can't remember who it was, Cade maybe, to the point where they were 
were so reckless and it felt like they could just go off the side of the road and it wouldn't even matter. Very consistent with somebody who has bipolar disorder. And I think that she probably did need medications at a point. From my experiences working with people who do have bipolar disorder, this inconsistency in the recollection of their history is something you see very often. You often see them talking about how, hey, I was put on this medication that I didn't agree with, but they really did need it. So I have, this is off topic from Justin, but I have my, my, my reasons as somebody who works in the field to believe that she really does have bipolar disorder or something similar and that she really, I, from what I have seen, I think that it's consistent with somebody who does have this disorder. I don't want to diagnose her because this is not necessarily her speaking. This is the brand. This if is you, on point with you, the Britney Brands. If there is a narrative out there, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying if there is a narrative out there, then this is the construction of who they want you to see. So not necessarily because there is a lot. And I'm not saying that you're wrong. Absolutely. It would sound like that. But I'm just saying there's so many times instances where these artists are trying to break out of some kind of confinement or shell. You know, there's so many that I can mention right now. And then in the end, it's like, oh, they have bipolar. Oh, how convenient. All all of them have bipolar. Every single one of them. There's something going on there. And there's even if it's such a strong pattern of this, then what's happening that's making these people either go this way or are they selecting people on purpose that might have this, you know, or is it something in their childhood or they there's some, you know, conspiracy theory about MK Ultra. I'm not saying I believe that, Um, but I'm just saying, could they be manipulating people or, or doing something that's making them turn this way or become these ways who knows we're never gonna know because we're not there and we're not in it you know I but do, as far as I, I do agree. as far as this book goes I will say it's on point with the Britney brands and it's on point with the narrative that they want to they want to push mm-hmm. so they could be continuing to make it gear up for you to be like oh she's crazy yeah well, well not necessarily is bipolar crazy that's not yeah. what I mean but they're trying to push this narrative that she's unstable I, um, and that would be on point with that I agree that people are over diagnosed in Hollywood. And I think that that is for a reason. However, in this situation, I do think that she really does have some type of mental health struggle. And I think it did pre-exist the conservatorship. I've even seen videos that her son posted. I I saw a video on TikTok that her son posted where she was like screaming at him because he didn't wear shoes or something like that. And she was cursing and she, she sounded crazy. But honestly, it didn't sound that far off from conversations that I've had with people with mental health struggles. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm not saying that that's an issue. I'm just saying she needs help and she needs treatment, but she shouldn't be forced into it and she should be able to get therapy and she should be able to work with doctors that she chooses. And I don't think that she ever had access to that. And I think that they, I I don't think at some points that she was competent enough to be working. And I think that they forced her to against her will. And I think that's why we do see some of this stuff happening in the book, whether you believe it was written by her or not, this is just my interpretation based on what was actually in the novel. And from what I've seen in interviews and in the media, media and stuff like that. Yeah. So obviously neither one of us knows for, right. exactly. but that's just, I just wanted to throw that out there um, yeah. because that was something that really stood out to me in the book. And it started with the Justin stuff, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and, and the bottom line is, you know, however you want to interpret these things, this girl does need help. help. Yeah. <laughs> She's needed help for a very long time. She's had nobody on her side. She has a team, but they're not really on her side. They're not her team. Yeah. You know, everybody's like, uh, out, not out to get her, but can, can you imagine being stuck in that little bubble that they placed her and then not knowing who you can trust? 
trust, of course, it's going to screw you up. It has to. I can't imagine you know? anything about her life. You it's know, horrible. I mean? the other thing, too, you you mentioned this way earlier, and I'm sorry, I forgot to bring it up. But you had said that she sometimes people say she sounds like a little girl. Mm-hmm. It's very common for people who have started using substances. So at the age that you start using is the age that they say you mentally stop progressing. So if she started using alcohol at the age of 11, 13, it would be very consistent for a regression during moments of trauma and crisis, which we see she's been exposed to a lot of trauma throughout her life. And she even talks about in the book at one point saying she felt like a child again. She felt like her womanhood had been stripped from her. And I think that that's not only consistent with the trauma that she was being consistently subjected to throughout her childhood, adolescence, and adulthood. But I think it also goes back to that idea that she's regressing to the last time in her life when it really was her true self in her brain without medication, without drugs and alcohol. You know what I mean? It's a little off topic, but I just, I wanted to include that because it kind of, in my mind, it goes hand in hand with the mental health issue as well. And you know, I'm glad you brought it up because I did write a note. Remember, I was going over my notes before and I said that her mom started drinking with her at age 11, giving her something called, quote, little, like, I don't know if it was little baby. I'm going to let me get the exact white Russians. Yeah. Little it little bitty white Russians or something like that. Great parenting. Okay. Uh, All right, Lynn. (laughs) Great parenting. But I don't know. I have thoughts on that, too. Maybe she was there's a lot of speculation that there's, you know, something going on in Hollywood and maybe she was trying to gear her up for something I feel like her parents used her whole, mm-hmm. whole life. I'm not going to speculate on why, but I have I have some suspicions that perhaps her parents were gearing her up for some things that go on in the industry because they wanted to push her out there and get her to make them money. I don't know, but this happens a lot. There's a lot of patterns going on with a lot of these kids in Hollywood. You know, I remember reading something about what's his name that played Harry in Harry Potter, Daniel Radcliffe. Yep. His parents, his mom wouldn't let him go to the parties. She wouldn't let him go. Yeah. She used to make sure he stayed home. Good. Selena Gomez's mom was always on the scene. Mm-hmm. At the, she was filming a movie. If she was there, she was always around. So that gives me some kind of feeling that maybe certain parents, yeah, all right, we'll put our kid into the industry, but they don't really put them into the vicious cycles that are maybe going on in the industry. They're actually parenting and they're mm-hmm. watching out for their kid. But I feel like Brittany didn't have that presence with her parents at all, especially at a all. mom who is you're 11 and I'm giving you alcohol after you've been in the Mickey Mouse Club for a year. That's shady to me. I don't like it. I'm so glad that you brought this up because this is one of our topics. But her family, I think, is one of the main reasons why she's had the issues that she's had. They essentially, this is my opinion, obviously, but I think that they saw this young, literally a baby girl, four years old, five years old, who loved to sing and dance. She had some talent and they said, hey, where her dad's an alcoholic. Her mother sounded insane. And she was potentially maybe an alcoholic. She doesn't really say, but I mean, anybody giving their kid alcohol and stuff at 13, 11 years old, that's not normal behavior. They said, hey, we can use this child to our benefit. And I think that's exactly what they did. By the time she was getting her own record label and was moving into the music industry, they essentially dropped her off with this woman, Felicia, who was a family friend, who was essentially her nanny. And they said, oh, well, we can't be with you because we have other kids that we have to take care of instead. But you go out, you make the money and you buy us a new house. You buy us this. You 
settle our debt. And I 100% believe that that's exactly how her family saw her. I don't think they ever stopped seeing her that way. At one point in the book, she talks about how after she had just come out of a facility and she was confused, she didn't even really understand like what was going on around her. And Jamie Lynn is coming to her and saying, hey, I took this meeting and they pitched an idea that we could have a talk show together and we could do this. And Brittany was like, I don't even, I can't even agree to anything right now. Like, what are you talking about? Once again, just trying to use her sister's name to make her a name for herself to keep herself in the spotlight Mm -hmm. same thing every single time britney says something or does something her parents need to come out and make a statement no offense but who the fuck are you people you know what i mean you weren't there for her when she was successful you weren't there you were just collecting her paychecks exactly like her mother coming out with books and using her daughter's popularity and fame yep um these are horrible people these are the worst kind of parents these are the parents that have a kid just to throw them into the show business and make gain something from it they they're this poor girl wasn't even viewed as a daughter as a loving daughter as a family instead she was thrown to the wolves her mother couldn't even be around she had someone else watch her as this little girl is thrown to the wolves of hollywood whether you want to believe it or not there is some kind of dark situation happening in in the industry and there's a lot of evidence to support it and you can go look it up on your own um but basically she was thrown to the wolves this poor girl Okay. I I mean, and and as a mom, oh, when you do see her, you're giving her drinks, alcohol. You're just aiding in this at this point. Like, it's okay to take drugs and drink at at parties, you know, so this way you won't remember what's happening. Yeah. I don't know. I have thoughts on that. I just think it was a lot of bad parenting and it shows through specifically with the conservatorship. What kind of parent could do that to a child? One that doesn't give a shit about that child. One that only cares about money. Well, and it's funny because they tried to frame it as, oh, well, we're, we're so concerned about our daughter. She's going wild she's going crazy we need to control her well that's why they geared up that narrative so this way people could be justified and people Mm -hmm. be like well okay i hope she gets the help she needs you see what i'm saying like it's always part of that narrative so this way somebody else can benefit at her detriment Mm -hmm. um and it's sickening bottom line is britney spears can't even figure out who she is inside she doesn't know the woman in her Mm -hmm. um the woman in me she doesn't know who that is because she's not allowed to be that woman instead she is the brand Mm -hmm. you know so obviously she doesn't know maybe she does know what she really secretly wants but she's not allowed to have it girl couldn't even have a pair of sneakers i know it's sickening yeah she she talks about how she she genuinely felt that her family was trying to kill her and she says that they stole her womanhood from her to the point where literally she couldn't like you said she couldn't make decisions for herself financially or otherwise she couldn't date who she wanted she couldn't even talk to who she wanted to she wasn't allowed to have a phone that wasn't monitored they they looked right. at every single thing. I mean, it's not normal. It's not normal behavior. Yeah. And this reminds me. OK, so she had this childhood friend, Jason, and she briefly mentions him in the book. There's one section where she marries him and she doesn't really mention him by name, which was shady. This man, it's not mentioned in the book, but this man showed up on the day of her, quote, supposed alleged wedding. OK, that seems more like a, a movie set. She show, He showed up there. And said, where is she? Where's Brittany? Is she okay? Because he supposedly got some kind of text message or some kind of alert from her saying that she wasn't okay. And he showed up on the scene and he filmed it. So this way he would film it live so all of the people can see the truth and it wouldn't be like something on his phone that could get deleted. Um, They painted him out to be crazy. They painted him out in the, especially in this documentary and stuff saying like, oh, this is some crazy guy who was just obsessed with her. Ha ha ha. He's a stalker. Dude, this is somebody who grew up with her and gives a shit about her. She actually cares. It made me think a lot of things like maybe at the time when they did get married in Vegas, 
maybe that was a cry for help. Maybe he was trying to help her. Maybe if she got married or something, it would be that they weren't allowed to do certain things to her or put her in certain scenarios. I don't know. This is speculation. I feel like he was trying to help her. I feel like there's many uh, situations where he was trying to help her and they tried to paint him as this crazy guy. Um, But bottom line is, where was she? She wasn't. She wasn't there. You would think she's her bride. She's getting ready, right? She's out and about. She's not in her own home. Not to mention, I didn't mention this earlier, but she gets married in the house where she was imprisoned. You'd think she'd want to get the fuck out of that house. Yeah. She's going to get married there. That just really, is she still imprisoned in that goddamn house? Yeah. That her wedding is there? I don't know. <laughs> but I'm getting off, top, off topic. <laughs> no, no, you're good. <laughs> Bottom line is, uh, she said that she felt like people were trying to kill her. I don't know. I think so. <laughs> yeah. But I won't go there. I don't want to speculate on this poor girl's status of her life, whether she's alive yeah. or not. I just hope she's well. And any inclination of maybe... God forbid something happened to her, I hope is wrong. That's all. I'll I say. agree with you. I don't know about these conspiracies about her potentially being dead or or not. I do think, I don't know if her family was trying to kill her because if they killed her, then they couldn't profit off of her. They were 100% trying to control her. I, okay. I get, I know the conspiracy. They can However, still profit if it's AI and all that. If it's but... AI. Did, okay. So you know what I think of? Speaking, going back to Miley Cyrus, the Black Mirror episode mm-hmm. with Miley Cyrus, where they have the girl, the artist in a coma and yeah. she's AI. Yeah. And they're pushing out albums and everything. It makes me think of Britney Spears. And I'm not saying that's what's happening. Yeah. Uh, But I'm just saying that they they could possibly profit off her death by getting insurance, but they could also publicly profit off of her pretending that she's alive. Yeah. So who knows? I just actually I hope she's safe. That's all. It's funny that you bring that episode up, because when I watched that episode, all I thought about was Britney. That's all I thought about the whole time. As far as I'm concerned, that is Black Mirror is scary. Okay, because a lot of the things that they show on there that you're like, that's so far fetched isn't. Yeah. Okay, those bees. They're real. Those bees exist. Those dogs that are chasing the AI, the robot dogs, they're real. They exist. Okay. Well, that's a whole nother episode. (laughs) We'll we'll talk about Black Mirror being real or maybe whatever. Black Mirror is terrifying. Yeah. Because it's the realistic aspects of it. But anyway, we hope that's not really Brit. That's all. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Because it's iconic. I I mean, uh, it's ironic that uh, in Miley Cyrus's episode, she's stuck inside the little machine. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> Thanks for bringing me back. All right. So Brittany states, or at least the book, it states, uh, when you're successful at something, there's a lot of pressure to keep right on doing it, even if you're not enjoying it anymore. And as I would quickly find out, you really can't go home again. So do you think Brittany would have been happier if she'd left the music industry when she wanted to, when specifically, you know, she stopped enjoying it if she'd been allowed to? Yeah, I think that as I was reading this book, I kept thinking one of her biggest problems was that she stayed in L.A. And whether that was her choice or not, I don't know. However, I genuinely believe that once she had her kids and wanted to settle down with her family, if she had been able to move back to Louisiana or just somewhere more low key where she's not surrounded by paparazzi 24 seven, where she's not surrounded by the industry that was continuously traumatizing her and victimizing her. And if she had been maybe away from her family, maybe she would have been healthier. Maybe she would have been able to get the help she needed. And at the very least, she wouldn't have had cameras in her face 24 seven at her highest and lowest moments. And I, I just think that this was a big issue for her. I really, I, one of the saddest things while reading this book was when she talked about this saying, you know, I didn't want to do this anymore, but she had no choice because she was good at it. And it was what people expected and wanted from her, but it wasn't what she wanted. And she made that clear 
for multiple performances where she said that she said no and they told her she had no choice she had to do it anyway so i think that it's really tragic and i think had she been allowed to she would have benefited from from leaving that scene at a much earlier age she's still there obviously once again whether it's you know against her will or not i don't know but it's it's a toxic environment for her and i don't think she'll ever be able to leave i also think if she had a more supportive family unit she like how you had mentioned you know selena gomez and daniel radcliffe mm -hmm. they had supportive family units that protected them as children right. from a very dangerous and scary industry she might have been better as well but she didn't she had the opposite of that yeah and if you don't know what we mean just go look up um uh things macaulay culkin has said in interviews uh look at these child actors and see what they have to say um and how they're portrayed after they say it that's all um, I'm going to try to keep this to a very condensed answer because I've been super passionate and and uh, crazy this whole episode. So I'm going to try. <laughs> I, and, like, I like the passion. Yeah, I'm going to try and keep this one simple and say, yes, of course, she would have been happier. Of course, if they let the girl live her damn life the way she wanted to, she would have. But that was never an option for her because she is not a person. She is an entity. She is a brand. And they wanted that brand to continue making the money. Uh, unfortunately, she had the wrong people around her. No one ever cared about her that was around her. All they cared about is what how she filled their their wallets. That's all they gave a shit about. And I want to say, you know, she's off somewhere living her life. A lot of people, you know, fans will be like, oh, leave her alone. You know, she doesn't have to come out if she doesn't want to. She doesn't have to write a book about her tell-all if she doesn't want to. She could be private, you know, but it just seems a little, a little convenient sometimes, you know, to say, brush it off and be like, oh yeah, you know, she's not coming out and saying she's okay because she doesn't want to. I don't know. I feel like she loved her fans. She always has. And I feel like she's always been very communicated, communicative with her fans. And I feel like she would have been like, guys, you sent cops to my house. I'm fine. Leave me alone. I'm good. She, she would say that she'd be open about it. She's not on, on Instagram because <laughs> that could be somebody else writing it. I know. I know. Her physically saying it. I know. I you know. And then there'll be people who are like, oh, she doesn't owe us that. And you're right. She doesn't. Uh, but I don't know. I just think that we want to. I just. <sighs> I am not confident saying that I feel like the girl's safe and free. Mm -hmm. That's all. And I would, you know, I'm hoping I'm wrong, but just prove me wrong then. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then the last thing I'll say is, you know, I'm a slave for you song really just hits so differently. Like I had mentioned earlier, this girl literally has been a slave for the industry, yeah. has been a slave for the people around her who don't have her best interests at heart and just pumping out things to make people money. And I feel like this poor girl, I mean, of course, she would have been happier if she was allowed, like she said in her interview when she had her son, I don't want to do this anymore. I just want to be a mom. Yeah. You know, obviously she would have had a different avenue, a different road, but she would have been able to even fucking something simple as buying her own goddamn sneakers if she wanted to. Not having an allowance of her own goddamn money, a billion dollars siphoned from her. Uh, there's so many things. Yeah. You know, it's sad. Yeah. It's just sad. And that was a, that was my condensed answer. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I think we already know. But what are your thoughts on, quote unquote, Britney's writing? Again, my condensed answer is I don't believe that she wrote this book. I don't think she's gaining anything or profiting from this book. It's regurgitated stuff from the documentary that she hates. So I don't know if I trust the information in this book. Uh, but again, it's not her. She's not an author. Obviously, she's just got a ghostwriter. Um, do I like the writing of the ghostwriter or the ghostwriters? I don't. I didn't really love the the prose or anything in this book saying where, oh, well, this is a good, great writer. I don't know. I, I just feel like it sounded very apprentice, <laughs> like yeah. somebody that was like, I'll take on the uh, task of writing Britney's life. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. I don't know. I didn't like the writing style at all. And I know we talked about this. So yeah, I hated the writing in this book. Actually, when I first started it by chapter, I think three, I, I think I might have texted you. I can't remember. But I was like, I don't even know if I can read this book because I hate the writing so much. Mm-hmm. And it was weird because it's a memoir. And I've never really thought about the writing of a memoir before. And what it should be. It did sound like they were trying to write how she speaks, but it was very choppy. Some of it, I was like, I don't know if I would have worded it that way. And the sentence structure was odd to me. I just, I, I hated the writing. I hated it. And I, I I'm just going to, I, I mean, I don't know who wrote it. I, I believe there were three ghost writers involved. So whether you believe that Brittany was involved or not, she didn't even physically write the book. We already knew that there were supposedly three ghost writers and I don't get it. I didn't understand the writing style of this. I hate, I just hated it. It was very juvenile a, too. It was here's weird. another thing. A, the girl hasn't even been out to promote this book, but whatever. Um, that's I'll leave that with you. But here's another thing. OK, uh, if you didn't want to read this physically and you wanted the audiobook to read it, it's not Brittany. It's Michelle Williams. Why is it Michelle Williams? And my issue with being Michelle Williams, I get it. OK, you want to have an actress play her, whatever. Michelle Williams, if you listen, actually tries to sound, sound like, her. like Brittany. It's creepy. I noticed that. I did notice that it was really weird. I actually had to double check it at some point. I was like, wait, yeah. did Brittany do a reading of this? And somebody recorded it. And I was like, no, this is straight up from the audiobook. Yeah. And it's just her doing like a weird Brittany into like impression. There was a video I seen of, and it almost sounded like her for a second. And I was like, no. And then I, when I went to the comments too, people were like, I'm so glad that, you know, she's talking and people were like correcting them and being like, no, actually this is Michelle Williams playing the part of Brittany. Yeah. It just didn't sit right with me. It's creepy. It's weird. It is weird. I I agree. I agree. I don't like it. You want to be Michelle Williams writing, um, reading it? Fine. But don't sound like her. That's just creepy. It is. It's weird. All right. That was just a little side note on the writing. All right. So what are your thoughts on the title? The Woman in Me. It's fine. I don't love it. I don't hate it. After reading, so before I read it, I was kind of like, okay, I didn't really have any thoughts on it. After reading it, I was like, it makes sense. She talks a lot in the book about reclaiming her womanhood after ending the conservatorship. And this is supposed to be her talking about the woman inside of her. And I get it. It's just fine for me. Whatever. It, it's whatever. I, <laughs> I think that it was a mistake. Okay. Uh, I don't think that I see where they were going with this, but I think that it should have been her coming out of the conservatorship, coming out with a quote, tell all book. It should have been like stronger than yesterday. Hmm. Something like that. Stronger, more impactful lyrics as to why she's on top today and why she had to go through all these struggles to get there. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the woman in me, just to give you guys, an, you know, just so you know, it comes from uh, I'm not a girl, not yet a woman. Yeah. Uh, I'm just trying to find the woman yep. in me. Which I get, but stronger than yesterday, I feel like would have been more impactful because now it shows you, hey, yes, I went through this, but I'm stronger today. She didn't sound stronger in the book. No. Once again, whether you believe it's her or not, it it doesn't come across as I've come out on the other side of this as stronger. She sounded very weak in the book, very juvenile and very submissive. But I, I will say that it's the title is on brands with the Britney brands. All right. Well, so going along with that, what do you think of the cover art? What are your thoughts? It's a picture from 100 years ago. It's not even hard today. Where is she? Okay, I'm done. I'm done. Well, I I just I I think that it should have been a newer photo. It shouldn't be some regurgitated photo from when she was, you know, 17. Yeah. Yeah. I had an issue with the cover. I didn't understand why. I didn't know. I, I first of all, it's a weird photo. I don't know. She doesn't look like happy. 
She looks pretty haunted. It's a super old photo. She looks beautiful. You know, I'll give her that. Obviously, she looks beautiful, but yeah, she's a pretty girl. I mean, and and I did like but this is all black. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I like the black and white, actually. I did like that, but I I didn't really understand why that photo was chosen. No, I think it should have been something either with her with a smile on her face or something. She does. She looks effing miserable in that picture. She and it's again, haunted. she's talking about how she hated that they were sexualizing her. And this is the most fucking sexualized picture you can that's, get. That's the thing that I had an issue with, too. And I was like, I don't like, is this supposed to be a message about reclaiming the womanhood? And so we're going to be showing a you know topless photo cover. You know, she's covered up. But I, I don't know. I personally, I don't think there should have been any photo on the cover. I think it should have just been title, whatever you think it should be, the woman in me or something else. And then her name, Britney Spears. And just leave it at that. We don't need a photo. We know what she looks like. We knew what she looked like then. We know supposedly what she looks like now. Well, apparently not everyone does because I sent Alex an article that showed the quote, <laughs> top 10 best Britney songs. And the picture of Britney was Jamie Lynn, her sister. <laughs> yeah, uh, that was messed up. That was top notch journalism for you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, that brings us to our final and most important question. Jess, would you scoop or skip it? And how many golden scoops would you give it? (laughs) Obviously, you know, I have a lot of feelings. I'm not going to repeat them. You know how I feel. Uh, But at the same time, I'm conflicted because part of me wants to say I can't give any stars to someone's life because who am I to rate their life? Um, But I will rate the book itself uh, and say that I give this I want to say zero stars. I know that's really effed up. Uh, but I'm not rating her life. Please know that. I just I I'm rating the authenticity of it. I'm rating the fact that it, was she really behind it? Is she benefiting from it? Because this other corporation that supposedly has nothing to do with her anymore is benefiting from it. And I have questions as to why. So I don't know if I can rate it. Just imagine what I would rate it as. I'm sure you guys can figure it out. Would I scoop it again? No, I didn't learn anything from it. And I feel like a lot of things were just fluff and for the public eye and a lot of gossip. And I just don't think that, it. I, you know what I mean? I think it hurts her brand more than helps in my opinion i don't know if that's the angle where they were going or trying to do if i I just hope the girl is okay and well and that she gets the help that she needs and that she has good people surrounding her now i hope that as far as do i recommend the book i don't you know i i don't i don't think it really i don't think it tells you anything new yeah i agree with you uh my rating would be a 2.5 i do not recommend it Honestly, if you're curious about what's in it, Google Britney book and you'll be able to find 15 articles that will sum up all of the major plot points of the book. Um, I didn't like the way it was written. I thought it was a super boring book. It was certainly not a tell all. It wasn't written in a way that was exciting to read or interesting to read. And there was nothing like Jess said in the book that was surprising or that you didn't already know. Um, Right. And then it, it was a it was a money grab, just like her whole life has been. Yeah. I mean, I feel bad. In my I, opinion. I, I want to believe that she was behind this and that this was what she wanted to put out and that she is benefiting from it. Whether that's the truth or not, I have no way of knowing, but I don't think that this was it. I, I, I'd say skip it. I don't think it's worth a read personally. Yeah. Like Alex said, I want to believe that she's behind it and I want to believe that she's doing well. And I want to believe that these were her words and that she really is trying to be the woman in her i do mm. um but like we'll just you know we we just don't know yeah sadly yeah all right well but- 
Britt, if, if you're out there and you're listening, we support you, the real you and nothing but you. Yes. And I love you, girl. And I'm sorry about your struggles. And I'm sorry that they did that to you. It's fucked up. And I hope you give them all hell. <laughs> it's Brittany, bitch. Tomorrow, November 21st, we will be reading and reviewing Iron Flame by Rebecca Yaros. Join us then for our thoughts on part one of the highly anticipated sequel to Fourth Wing. And join us again this Thursday, November 23rd, for another potty episode. Don't forget to mark your calendar for our next book of the month episode, which will air on Wednesday, November 29th. We'll be reading and discussing Tommy Orange's Pulitzer Prize winning novel, they're there. And be on the lookout for other upcoming surprise bonusodes, dates, and books to be announced. If you haven't read the upcoming books but would like to, head on over to the link in our bio and get a copy for yourself so that you can participate in future discussions. You don't pay anything extra, but if you make a purchase using our link, we get a small commission. So thank you so much for supporting us. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, it would really mean a lot to us if you would leave a positive review on Spotify, Apple, or whichever streaming service you use. We would really appreciate it also if you could spread the word by telling friends and family about our podcast. And of course, we want to say thank you to all of our listeners. We really appreciate each and every one of you. Yep. We also want to remind everyone to be on the lookout for our live events on TikTok. Yep, we'll be doing some live events soon and we will post upcoming dates on our socials. If you're just tuning in, this is what you can expect from our podcast. We're going to be releasing new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. So be sure to check out our socials for updates and also some bonus content. You can find us on Instagram, TikTok, and other platforms. Click on the link in our bio for access to all of our socials, our website, and other links. We encourage you to reach out to us with thoughts, ideas, questions, and feedback. You can email us at bookswithcooks at gmail.com. You can also find our full book reviews on Goodreads. These links will also be available at the link in bio. If no one told you today, you're important and valued. You belong here. You're doing great. And we believe in you. Now let's turn the page and put a fork in it because we're done with this one. Listening to my mommy and me now.